You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. We're in a weird spot, Tyler. Do you feel weird? I feel a little weird, yeah, too. Yeah, I feel weird. I feel I wish that they lost the first or the second game, because then it's like, all right, yeah, like the winning streak's over. You still won the series. Um, losing the last game. It's like it feels a little weird because it's like, all right, you're supposed to be positive and, you know, you won the series, but the winning streak's over and you lost the most recent game. But this did feel like the most getaway game ever. I, I do think that's part of it. And I have another thing. The Red Sox did make history or somewhat recent history for themselves yesterday. They won mm-hmm. eight in a row for the first time since June 25th to July 2nd, 2021. Does that not deserve the positivity horn? Jake? I think we should horn. <laughs> you horn think me. we should horn? Are you dying for the horn right now? Need a little horn. I mean, off day tomorrow. Like, if you were yeah. going to lose this game, you get a reset day. Yeah. Coming fresh against Atlanta. Yep. There's nothing really from this game that you're, like, overly depressed about. No, I'm not depressed at all. Like, I don't... I'm not sad... I'm just saying, like, it just feels a little weird. We're a little off balance. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> it's just. Uh, it's not going to stop us from doing the positivity horn for taking another fucking series. The Boston Red Sox roll into Philadelphia over the weekend and take two out of three from the defending National League champion Dave Dombrowski's Philadelphia Phillies. They roll in their Masataki Yoshida. Hit streak is still alive. Tyler, one more fucking time Again. for the people. One more time. Masataki Yoshida got to meet his hero in Bryce Harper. And what does he do? He extends his hitting streak to what? 16 games? 16 games. 16 game hitting streak. Pants are up to the nipples in Philadelphia. Chris then Sale? we come back. Yeah, Chris Sale looked fucking outstanding. I even said that was his best start, better than the Minnesota start. 99. About Chris, 99 on the fucking gun. Made Bryce Harper look like a minor leaguer one last time. We have a Chris Sale appearance in which he, even Alex Cora himself, ooh, a little bit early to be throwing 99. He said, I don't give a fuck, AC. My manager, I'm going out there and blowing chundos are damn near close to it. They take the series. What's the series record right now two out of three no 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 no. no. How, how many on the season we're six out of our last seven they won lost six out of the last seven series yes i think you've lost three on the year okay there you go all right i feel good i feel better i needed to get that out i, I would have expected more happiness considering bobby delvick's on the big league roster I, i'm not happy but i know that makes you happy I'm very happy. As we said before we hit record, we both have massive headaches right now. I, I Something bad happened to me today. What happened to you today? 
So it's been a while since we updated Tyler's fitness journey, right? Oh, God. Okay. I went off the tracks for some time. I was a little out wild. Oh, oh you, you fell off the, the fitness wagon? Some would say. I, I got into oh. the habit of ordering sheet pizza on Fridays and okay. 99 on Saturdays. And then, nothing you know, wrong with the 99. 99 no, no, great. no. But to the to the level I was doing, it wasn't okay. And I had a bad day on Saturday where I, you know, I had some 99. I had a mm-hmm. sub. I had some McDonald's. It, it was bad. It was oh. unhealthy. McDonald's is unhealthy. Yeah. But I woke up on Sunday saying, I'm going to change. I'm going to make a difference. Okay. So this morning I got up. I yep. said, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go outside. Yeah. I'm going to feel nature. Like, you know, what Cassis talks about, feel like you nature. get sun yeah. and it kind of, no, no, come on. Why let's not? grow up. You well, think I'm up. going to do that? I need to work towards tell, that. You're going to tell Chris and Cassis to grow up because he takes his shirt off. He looks amazing with his shirt off. I need to work to that. Well, what if we, how are we supposed to know what you look like with no shirt on? It's not Tristan Casas. I'll tell you that much. Okay. But so I, I said, I'm going to go run. I'm going to do an hour. I'll go 30 minutes and turn around. Run for an hour. Okay. Well, this is like walking, like, let's call it 80, okay. 20, but it, so eventually it'll be mostly you're gonna run. You're going to run for an hour, but walk <laughs> <laughs> like 70%, 80%. That's crazy. All it's right, the first ahead. day. It's the first hey, day. You say like, be like, yeah, like, I'm going to go run. I'm going to go, go for a run, but. I mean, walk <laughs> intermediate running. It's called intermediate running. You wouldn't understand. Um, okay. But, you know, I, I walked the first like 10 ish minutes and then I was like, all right, I think I'm ready to I'm ready to start moving. I'm ready to, you know, turn it up a notch. Uh-huh. So I ran, call it half a mile. Yeah. I absolutely started puking like crazy in front of the elementary school. It was an Jeez. ugly scene. Bad, bad. It's You're just, right. you, you don't have half a mile in you. Not right. Not after what I did yesterday. I don't either. I, if I went for a run right now, I don't think I would I would fare well at all. I'm very if top I, heavy. I, I wouldn't say when I started puking, I was out of gas, but I felt the puking as I moved more, you know, athletically. Like it, it started flowing up. I don't think anyone would have described what you did as athletic. No, I was moving. Uh, yeah. I, I was moving better than Christian Arroyo was before he hit the IL. We'll save oh, that. Sorry. Nice. I don't mean oh, to be mean. Yeah. I don't mean to be mean. Bad hamstring. Yeah. But puking just violently. All over the grass in front of the sign. Okay. You know, someone asked me if I'm okay. I'm, you know, I can't even get the words out. I just give them. Imagine the- Tyler just like walking by, seeing Tyler just puking in broad daylight, just being like <laughs> junky. <laughs> I didn't want to say, I just gave her the hand. Like, like hey, yeah. I'm a job, junky. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed through. I got it done. I'm sunburned for the people that are watching. Um, but I, I feel a little bit better now. My head just really hurts. This is all self inflicted. I was trying to make a change. That's what I'm saying. It's the cost of trying to better yourself. It's okay. We're getting there. Are we though? I feel like we're at the start. Yeah. We got to start somewhere. I guess that's a start. I don't know that any progress was made, but it's, it's a win to, to get outside and, and we're on the road to Tristan Casas right now. That's it. I want to look like Tristan Casas one day. My goal for you is by August to have you in the bleachers shirtless. I can do that. I, I'm, I don't fear anything, but running around the neighborhood like that, I, I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, maybe get a treadmill and stay inside for a little bit. That that's just me, and I, I can't I'm be. Not, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, stay do inside. You, do you want me to get healthy or not? Yeah, I do. You've mentioned you worry about my health. I do. All right then. I want I want you to to be the best Tyler Milliken that you can be. Did you Did you go for a run today? No, I don't. I haven't gone for a run since like 2012. Bad look for you. I don't need to do cardio. I, I outpaced you, know you today. You know what my cardio is? What? Don't even. Come on. The three-letter word. 
Yeah. Begins with S? <laughs> no. Well, maybe. But no, I, I don't do cardio. But I did Frozen buy a Stairmaster. Fuck! <laughs> is this what's giving you your headache, Jared? Is it the internet? Yeah, it is my internet. I don't know. I mean, my guy that's supposed to be working on the goddamn studio d- didn't show up once last week. So Was he supposed actually, to? Yeah, he's supposed to be here every fucking day. It's a lot of I, days not to show literally, up. I'll, and, and, and he has my cable box, which like my TV wall has nine TVs and there's one TV that doesn't work because he has the cable box in his fucking truck. And I texted him on Wednesday. I said, are you ever going to come here again or nah? And he said, of course. He said, I'm just getting this stuff done out of the way. Well, I can't. And I said... I'm going to slash your tires if TV7 isn't working by the end of the week and piss in your gas tank. He didn't answer. Did I freeze again? I'm going to be honest. He froze twice during that rant. Hey, 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 hey. Listen. Reel it in. Hey. We need, we need internet that works on this podcast. This is, it's a podcast. You need the internet. Need the internet to work. It's day one stuff. Good take. Thanks. Um, the Red Sox played a series in Philadelphia. <clears throat> Do you want to talk about it? We need to be happy. The first game I'm I thought, happy. I'm happy. No, you don't I'm sound happy. happy. You, you sound I'm stressed. Happy. Your head sounds swollen. I'm happy. I have a headache, but I'm happy. All right. I'm yeah, I'm fucking happy, dude. I want to gush over Chris Sale because uh, I thought you had an interesting take saying this was the best form of Chris Sale you've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you can argue what we saw in the against the Twins initially. You know, that 11 strikeout game was crazy. But did the stuff look like it did today? Oh. No, that th- that was vintage Chris Sale. We're talking him hitting ni- or 99 for the first time since 2018. Like that is so absurd. And while the fourth inning did get out of, you know, out of control a little bit there, it started on a soft ground ball that he didn't handle. And then some, you know, a little hard contact towards the end, but not a ton of hard contact overall and finishes the whole outing with two more scoreless. I don't know. I think all the Chris Sale doubters right now are they're scared. I I haven't seen many of them on the timeline recently. I could have done without the three run inning. What was that? The fourth you said? Yeah. Yeah. the that was when his yeah, command got right. shoddy for a second. Yeah. But <clears throat> you take the good with the bad. Six innings, seven hits, which would have been more than I would have guessed. I did not think that he gave up seven hits, but the, I mean, those were pretty scattered. Uh, the one walk, which you have to love. And then he struck out 10. And I don't give a fuck that he has a 637 ERA. That's not that's not something that I particularly care about on the whole season. Um, I updated my statistics on what he's done against every other team except for the Baltimore Orioles. Would you like me to share that? Please. Um, so Chris Sale. Uh, if you are a Chris Sale fan, someone that believes in Chris Sale and his ability to have a comeback season, so to speak, we all know that the Orioles have hit him very hard. But these are his numbers when he faces anybody but the Baltimore Orioles. And again, it's May 7th. So it's not like people, oh, you're cherry picking. You're just cherry picking the good numbers. Like, that starter too inflates all your numbers completely to the point where you can't even have a good takeaway from them. Yeah. And it's the same team and they were probably cheating. But the Orioles uh, have seen Chris Sale twice. 
but he's made five starts outside of that. He's three and one, a 428 ERA, a 253 FIP, Tyler. That gets me. Mm. A 117 whip, a 1284 strikeouts per nine, 39 strikeouts in 27 and a third innings, and he's averaging five and a third innings per start, and he has three quality starts. That's pretty good. And then, especially recently, like I'll give you the last four starts is a 386 ERA and a 216 FIP. So, mm. as you notice here, the FIP continues to be excellent. Well, yeah, that's what it looks like when you have a 10K per nine over that stretch and a 1.5 walk per nine. Like, that's what made Chris Sale one of the greatest strikeout to walk pitchers ever was that he could dot the ball where he needed to. And he's been a little unlucky over those four games. Keep in mind, zero home runs. We always talked about how we were worried about hard contact before. It's about a 355 Babbitt. I think that explains some of those Phillies hits falling in that were like, you know, soft double that bloops in down the left field line and it all kind of rolls in front of you a little bit quickly. But that was, I think, everything you could ask for. If you told me coming into this season, did I think Chris Sale would be hitting 99 at any point again? I'd probably say no. We're going to see 93 to 95 on a regular basis. He's going to hit 100. It's going to happen this year. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of when at this point. Yeah, probably. uh, I want to say in 20... 18 was probably the first time that we saw sale hit a hundred with the Red Sox. And everyone was like, what the fuck? He throws a hundred. Cause I mean, he was, he was 93, 94 with the white Sox. Yes. He threw harder like in his earlier years, but in his more recent years with the white Sox, like the latter years, like he was 93, 94, 95, like around there comes to the Red Sox, like 17. He was like 95, 96. But then in 2018, it was around this time. It was like late May that he just started blowing a hundred and everyone was like, what the fuck? Like we watch television. Nobody could look away from a Chris sale start. Yeah. I'm actually going to pull up those numbers. Um, because I, I want to almost bet my life on the fact that it was the month of May in 2018 that he just started chucking hundos. Um, Chris sale. They changed his website around. What website are you on? Brooks Baseball. I'm not on that. You've never used Brooks Baseball? No, but I'm not going to say it's not one of my usual go-tos. Oh my god, you are something. You're something else, Tyler Milliken. You're something else. All right, here it is. Velocity and movement. So if you go down to 2018, and then there's average velocity, and then there is max velocity. His max velocity in the season. Yeah, okay. Uh, in, in 2018, his max velocity in March, 98.01. In April, 98.30. In May, 99.68. In June, 100.45. In July, 100.67. In August, 100.01. And then it dips in September, 96.99. He was only throwing 97 in September of that year. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to just do a little scan here. Yeah. Okay. So 2018, I was correct. That was the last time that he's hit 100 on the gun. Um, But 99.35 is his max velocity, and that was obviously in this start against the Philadelphia Phillies. So, yeah, this is the last time that he's touched 99 
since he threw 100 in August of 18. That's what you dream about. And I think Cora said it after the game as well. He was like, yeah, we expected it. Not this early. You know, we didn't expect it in May. But once again, sale gets ramped up in that Bryce Harper moment. Everyone going nuts for him and he can't contain it. Like It just pours out of him. So once again, for everyone who wanted to, you know, laugh at Chris Sale not starting opening day and why they chose not to. Like, do you see why? Do you see what pours out of this man in some of those moments? Like, it's almost like he can't control it. And I want to give credit to Kike, who was the first guy over there when things started to unravel on the fourth. It was like, reel it in. Like, calm down. We need more innings from you. This game, we cannot let it get out of here. Uh, You know, Sale shouted out the whole infield, but Wong was there very quickly. That's what leadership is. I just think we're watching with Sale. All the ingredients are there. And now he's three out of the last four times he's cooked the dish correctly. That's all you're asking for. I think it's the same reason you should look at James Paxson, who's hitting 97 in AAA and say, mm. yeah, it may take a little bit, but you know, you give him a couple starts. If you're getting 97 from the left side from James Paxson, Chris Hill hitting 99 from the left side in the same rotation. How are you not excited about that? Is Paxson joining them in Atlanta? Yes. <sighs> There's massive decisions. And I know you were listening to post game a little. Cora said Hulk will make his next start. Yeah, he did, didn't he? So, you know, that's really the main conversation right now. Where are they going to go with this starting rotation? Uh, oh, that's going to be exciting. Because when we get to the stop and shop look ahead. Um, we'll see. We'll just we'll see what happens. But I, I was a big proponent of. James Paxton um, this year when we were talking about at some point he's going to be ready at some point James Paxson is going to be a guy for the Boston Red Sox and I'll be the first one so he made his last rehab start it wasn't the same as the last outing he went five innings two earned five walks four K's so it's a Chris Sale situation at times it clicks like he did the last start and he dominated then on a day like you know, Friday or whatever it was, he can't really find the zone. He got through it, right? But you walk five, it's going to be worse in the big leagues. So expect some bumps. Like, that's what the reality is. I think he threw 56 strikes to 40 balls. But the Red Sox want him to start. They've confirmed he'll start against St. Louis. Mm, Next weekend. So we know Helk has been given a yes. Mm -hmm. We know that Paxson is going to be in there. Sale's not going anywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Kluber gave you another solid start. We're, we're going to touch on it, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I, it's still like I feel like he's getting lucky more than anything. Pavetta was solid last time out, but a little bit of luck mixed in there. Oh, boy. You don't want to give him credit. I, I, I respect Pavetta, but someone. No, you don't. You have no respect. I do. Pavetta. Don't even no fucking respect. start. You I don't no, know. Have you spoken no. to Nick Pavetta? Does he is he like fuck Tyler Milliken? Yes. No, he's not. <laughs> he hates you. No, he loves me. <laughs> Oh, he fucking hates you. I have respect for Pavetta, but I haven't seen the same vote of confidence for Pavetta that I've seen for Hauk. I'm not going to name any names, but I feel like there might be some uh, relationship mending happening this year with an individual on this team. Well, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. With you? Yeah. Is this a recent development or something that's been ongoing? Uh, this is very recent. Very, very, very early stages, but there's some mending. Time is healing wounds. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Will we'll we see. find out about it one day? Yeah. 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 If if we get there, yeah. I mean, you, all roads lead to a podcast appearance by the time uh, you know a fence has been mended. That's what happened with Joe Kelly. We didn't get along. And then we mended fences and he ended up on the podcast. We're going like to have the Clay Buckholds podcast eventually, right? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been going on for like two years. I feel like that uh, fence being mended has, has been two years in the making. But yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Watching what Chris Sale did, mm-hmm. do you now believe that, you know, we always framed it. He is not a top of the rotation arm, most likely, right? Like, like the hope was just be a guy who can be a three, be fine. Do you believe mm-hmm. Chris Sale can be an ace for the Red Sox again? This is going to sound like a weird answer. No, but I think he can be a two. Some people would argue even before, while the stuff was ace, he never was the guy who led you through a postseason, right? So like, can you Correct. get the true number one October game one? You never think about it. Or is it like, do you, do you think there's still going to be a lot of ups and downs as the year goes along? Yeah, I, I think that there'll be bumps in the road, but I think he's already shown you that if, if I feel good, it's going to look good. You know, it's like, like I, three out of the last four, there's no complaining. Like yeah. he's given you everything. He's basically uh, like his first three ish starts were still kind of like spring training starts during big league games because of all the time that he's missed up to his last start, the start before the uh, Philadelphia Phillies start. He was telling you, I'm still figuring it out out there. Like I'm going out there and I'm changing up my one. Like now you can kind of see like as a lefty, his right shoulder is way more turned. So like if the glove is out here, now it's behind his body and his right shoulder. So he's kind of like, it, it would explain, I, I hate this comparison, but it's the first one that came to my head. A role this Chapman mm. as a lefty, how he just coils his body and he just throws everything he has at you. Like Chris Sale being less I guess straight on with the batter and more turned away, like coiled. That could be an explanation for some of that velocity jump because like mechanically, <laughs> I think I saw a little bit of a role as Chapman there. Um, well, and he throws very hard as well. Yeah. And we knew going into the start against the guardians, there was a massive change in his mechanics. They basically told them like, we need to get you doing what you used to do. And I think, so far, we look at the last two starts. It's looked like vintage Chris Sale in that light. So I don't know. I, I may not frame him. Is he going to be a number one? Who knows? You got to stay healthy, right? But I think you can get like pretty close to ace quality production for him from him this year or something in that like three, two, three, three area. Yeah. And if anyone told you that coming out of this year, you'd be saying, wow, the Red Sox are going to be in a much better spot this year overall. That's a team yeah. that's going to be a bitch down the stretch to play. Just no more blow up starts like I can't do like seven Ernie's, but if he has a start where it's like, yeah, three and two thirds, four and runs and like 10 hit like they just got to him that day and he got a quick yank like that's more in line with like I can live with that versus getting pounced on by the Orioles for seven, eight earned runs. And, and then it just kind of fucks the stat line for the whole year. But. Um, and he was playing yeah. the Phillies like it wasn't this isn't some bitch lineup that you just walk no. up to and don't have to think about. No, you know, say what you want about the Guardians. That lineup has some holes. We know that the Phillies, they were desperate too. 
mm-hmm. looking to win a game after getting swept by the Dodgers, and you shove it down their throat like that on Bryce Harper's return, you know, back in Philly, mm-hmm. it's a good place to be. It's a great place to be. You know where else is a great place to be? The DraftKings Sportsbook. Because baseball season's in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. And right now, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Join the big league action now on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on any bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Um, <clears throat> Jake, did you have any thoughts on Chris Sale? Did you like what you saw there? Yeah, I mean, it was an awesome moment seeing him hit 99. I think... Uh... It just brings you back to like those vintage Chris Sale days when you're watching him and every start is appointment television and he's just dominant. And I think everyone still holds that little bit of reserve that that's still there. And um, I think like that's the first time we've just seen it in forever. Mm. Can't you just picture like in June or July, like as he gets more starts underneath his belt, like what is it going to be like when he finds that 100 one day? Like that is going to be a wild feeling. If you have Chris Sale able to throw 100, with that slider and that changeup, that solves a lot of those worries you should have at the top of the rotation, especially for all the shit he's trying to prove right now. Yeah. Like his his max velocity uh in March this year was ninety five point three one. In April it was ninety eight point fifteen. And then his last time out it was ninety nine point three five. So he's knocking on the doorstep. And I I've I've said this before on the podcast. I do find it fascinating that Chris Sale is the one guy that we obsess over velocity with. Like we're always, always radar gun watching with Chris Sale. Uh, it doesn't seem to happen with any other guy. And at least like from like a Red Sox pitching perspective, like Corey Kluber used to throw like 96 and now he's just going out there getting outs with like 88 or whatever. And like, no one's like, man, like if we can just get Kluber back to throwing 96, like we just know that that ship has sailed. But there's Chris Sale out there and 34 years old. And Alex Cora, I think it would, it had to have been, maybe it was Friday night. I was listening to him on EEI. I think it was before the game. Or maybe it was after the game. I think it was after the game. Uh, he said something like, Chris Sale's 34, but his arm is 31. And I was like, oh, I never, I guess I never really thought about it like that. That's what it is. There's not a ton of mileage the last few years. So who knows? Can he do this every start? I wouldn't expect the velocity to be that high. But I think once you get out there in the middle of the summer and like he's, his mechanics are only going to get better. Like we're seeing it in front of us. He looks smoother, more athletic every single start. He hasn't got to this full comfortable level where he's like, yeah, I feel like I used to, you know, in 2018 or even 2019. We haven't heard that yet. So it still feels like there's another notch to reach for him. If this is where he is at right now, like we take this and be more thankful than anybody, especially with how the year started. So would he would he get Sunday against the cards? Uh, no. No, that'd be way too many days. I think that's what they're trying to figure out right now. But because well, they also didn't rule out having it going back to a six man. 
which is a weird conversation, right? Because at least from what we've heard, they've been pretty anti against it. And I, you know, but they've already done it this year. They did. And it hurt the bullpen. And what's a big gap there? You don't have Cutter Crawford in that bullpen anymore. Right. So like you're already down in arm. And Josh Winkowski really isn't being used in that multi-inning role right now. I, I, but I, again, I expect Cutter Crawford to be back as the second that he's eligible because everyone was like, what the fuck? You said it wasn't a big deal. I was like, I was told by someone who would definitely know that it's not a big deal, that it wasn't a big deal. And I was very surprised to see that he ended up on the injury yeah, list. He seems fine. I think he just probably needs closer to the 15 days than he would. You know, you can get by on 10. But, you know, yeah. May 19th is the next time he can pitch. You know, you got to yeah. get through 12 days right now. Now, two mm-hmm. off days in there, which is a nice little breather. But look at your bullpen and who you're leaning on. Like, you got to be a little careful with Kenley, as we know, like he's coming off this whole back issue. But after him, like you have a pretty, you know, solid chunk of question marks between Brazier. um, You know, you got Brazier, you got Zach Littell, who did not look very good in his Red Sox debut. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Better than Caleb Hart, right? Um, (laughs) Richard Blyer. It's like, that's kind of what you're going to be hoping for and then we got Bernardino who's solid but who knows Dude, you know like you hope for Bernardino to be good solid. I fu- by the way I'm no longer calling him Joey Botafuco because it was brought to my attention that that's a real person who killed someone yeah <laughs> I was like I was like I didn't know that I looked <laughs> gonna- him up I was like did I not know about this guy and no he's you first thing that pops up is murder yeah so I I didn't know that I thought I thought it was a fictional character in like uh Goodfellas or something because, I mean, I've heard that name a billion times. I didn't know it was a real human being. I thought it was like a mob movie character or something like that. I wanted to post a picture real of guy him. Killed someone. <clears throat> Can't have it. And Bernardino, like he was Can't solid in the series. Have. He got screwed yeah. a little bit on that Homer by Harper. Or not screwed, but, you know, he got hit. But overall, he's solid. But on a day, do you want him pitching late innings? Not really. Well, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen enough to be like, I don't want that. He gave up a home run to Bryce Harper. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Excellent. And he was already past one inning. That's the other part of it as well. But, you know, I, you got to be careful with what you're doing to Schreiber and Jansen and Martin. You got, you know, Wink and how they plan to use him. It's just, I don't know. I don't love the idea of a six-man rotation right now. I'd prefer to keep that bullpen stacked because I think that's the strength of your team. That's just, I mean, it all goes back to what, what does James Paxton look like? I mean, we can hear the velocity numbers and that's great. But what does it look like? Uh, and the, I, we can't make a decision off even one start, whether it's good or bad one way or the correct. other. I mean, we can't make a decision off two or three. Like, look at look, look at Corey Kluber. I mean, people wanted him designated for assignment after three or four starts. And he goes out there in game two. And again, he's not going to look stellar. Like Corey Kluber is not a guy that is going to go out there and wow you. You're hoping to just survive <laughs> every time that he goes out there. And this has been the theme with Kluber. And we talked about his last start is the walks. What do you walk? Four guys last time out? Yep. Second time. So he, go, he goes out there in the middle game, five innings, seven hits, three earned runs, zero walks. He only strikes out one guy, gives up a homer. So like the other thing too, when you, when you're sitting on Twitter, watching a Corey Kluber start, if he gives up one <laughs> run, Everyone is like, get this fucking guy out of here. You fucking suck. You need to temper your expectations. Yes, Corey Kluber won Cy Young Awards, plural. That was a long time ago. He's a different guy. He's, He's hanging a different, off for dare life. 
he's a different guy. Like, like Cy Young Kluber is dead and buried. And then you go to the Corey Kluber with the Yankees, Corey Kluber with the Rays most recently. He's a different guy from that. Like, <laughs> Tear he's, down. <laughs> yeah, he is in the third phase of his career. And I think he's trying to figure out who that guy is. We're trying to figure out who that guy is going to be. But he's going out there and he's, he's pitching with what he's got. And, and you have to respect that, too, because when you're a power pitcher and all of a sudden you don't have power anymore to be able to still get a job in the big leagues, to be able to get outs in the big leagues when you're used to having 96 in the tank. And now you don't like not even not even fucking close to it. You're still getting outs. You got to respect that. Would you prefer that the Red Sox had someone that uh, could dial it up when they needed to? Yeah. But it Corey Kluber's a a veteran in this league. He's very smart. He's been there and done that. He's pitched in big situations and he's had success. Now he's trying to figure it out with what he's got. And that's what you're seeing. So when he goes out there against a Philadelphia Phillies lineup that can mash, like we mentioned Bryce Harper, you talk about Kyle Schwarber who homered. I mean, he did dick in this series up until today, uh, but Schwarber still hits tanks. And Nick Castellanos is having a little bit of a, a rebound season. They have fucking Trey Turner. They have JT Real Muto. Like this lineup is loaded. And Corey Kluber went through it five innings, three earned runs. Like that, that is by definition the exact outing that I'm looking for from Corey Kluber. And people were still complaining. Like if you go out there and give up one run, people are gonna bitch. It's almost like they'd never watched a baseball season before. Like you're not gonna get seven shutout innings with 10 strikeouts and be like, yeah, all right, now I feel good about it. Like those are very far and few between, especially when you're talking about a guy like Kluber that's going out there with slop. Yeah, I I think the Kluber from, you know, the Yankees and Rays era, you know, following his time in Cleveland, it was that he was so good at limiting hard contact. Everything was soft, easy ground balls. That is not that guy this year. It's 21st percentile hard hit percentage. 22nd percentile barrel percentage. So like you're not getting any of that. He's relying on strikeouts a lot at times and it worries me. And you look at it, the last three starts, what do you think his ERA is? His last three? Yep. Philly, Toronto, Baltimore. 419. It's 386. Not bad. Oh! Do you want the FIP? The FIP? The (laughs) FIP isn't going to be as impressive because he doesn't strike anybody out. (laughs) The FIP's going to be like 540. It's 532. So does this like, guy know ball? Does, Jake, does this guy know ball? Yeah, you know ball. This You're fucking hot, guy knows ball. But last year, right? Like the reason why you could kind of look at it and say, oh, well, the FIP actually was a lot better than his ERA was, was that the homers, he was able to stay away and he didn't walk guys. This year, he's been walking guys. It was better this last time out. It's just hard. I think the frustration comes when we're talking about all these options and you know someone's better than him. But you're playing this game of also having to give him some chances to work through it and figure it out. Yeah. He's not pouting. I know that. I'll add that third run. He probably shouldn't even given up. Hard ball that Turner couldn't really get a glove on. You can argue maybe Verdugo should have caught that ball going down the right field line and he couldn't get Mm -hmm. to it. And then you get fucked on a broken bat blooper. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, he was fine. He did enough. That's Corey Kluber. If you get this, you'll take it. Um, I'm beyond happy with it i'm beyond happy with it i know that i'm in the minority but i just had real realistic expectations for kluber and you know when he was going out there in his first couple starts just getting absolutely fucked torched by some some good lineups but still he was getting absolutely torched uh 
my dream for for Corey Kluber was like, let's get in a rhythm of five innings, three earned runs, four earned runs, something like that. Like, let's get in that groove. And that is what we got in the start against the Phillies. And I was very happy to see it. Um, But in that opener, the Chris Sale game, that was the one where I was like, okay, um, we're 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 getting there with Chris Sale. We're, we're you know we're starting to see what he looks like when it's not against the Orioles, and it's it's good. You're happy with it. Sometimes you're very happy with it. Uh, but then you have the Red Sox against Zach Wheeler, and the question is, can they keep this this run going where they show up against frontline starters? Like they face some good starting pitching in that Toronto series, Gosman, Manoa, um, Barrios, like they face some pretty good starting pitching and they shit all over it. Three so, in a row, too. Like Manoa, yeah. Gosman, Wheeler, like, dude, that is as hard of a three game stretch as you're gonna find all year long. Who am I missing? Because they didn't see Bassett. Uh Kikuchi. And he was throwing the ball really well too. Like, I don't know that I would call him a frontline guy, but he's he's Pitching really well this year. You beat so three they, guys in a row who are good enough to be an ace on a majority of baseball teams in the big leagues. Oh, yeah. Like that, like the Jays have a nightmare playoff rotation. Um, and then you went in and you you faced Zach Wheeler and they kind of just went for the throat in uh, like early. You had the First inning, they scratch across a run. That Devers was... continuing to kind of heat up after that last game. Like, yep. what did we say with the offense? Devers wasn't really doing anything consistently. You got power, but the batting average was pretty low. I think he raised his batting average like 20, 30 points in the series alone. Yep, Devers. Then you had the ground out. Kike with an RBI knock. That was in the third. So that now you're 3 nothing. Um Casas, we all thought he had a grand slam. Sack yeah, fly. Oh my God. That fucking that camera angle. I was going to text people at Nesson being like, who was on that camera? <laughs> they they had the camera in like the uh, above the trees and it was caught. But yeah, that ends up being the sack fly to make it four three. And then, oh yeah, someone DM'd me and they said, so our debate again about uh Emmanuel Valdez. Oh, yes. They said, like, if you're American, the N is silent. So it's Emmanuel Valdez. Hmm. I don't know if that's so. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Like, if you are Spanish speaking, then it's like Emmanuel. But if you're American, then the N is silent. It's Emmanuel. So I was saying it the Spanish way. You were saying it the American way. Something like that. I took Spanish. Did you? I got kicked out, but yeah. How did you get kicked out of Spanish? You know, I, I thought when I entered middle school, I showed potential. I think mm-hmm. I think the school system said this kid has something. Not maybe yeah. not a genius, but you know, he can at least do above average work. They put mm-hmm. me in Spanish in sixth grade. I did well. Seventh grade, it went off the rails, and I got a fifteen the last term. But you think they tell you like at the end of seventh grade, hey, buddy, it's all right. Like you know, we're gonna move you to an ELA class next year, and you're gonna figure it out. They had me show up on the first day of eighth grade to Spanish. They did attendance. And at the end, they go, Tyler, yeah, you're not going to be in this class anymore. So I had to have the walk of shame out of my eighth grade you Spanish got, class. You got taken out of the like you had the manager come take the ball out of your hand in front of the entire crowd. In front basically. of the whole class. And yeah. I, I just I had to take it. And then they walked me to the other class. 
And they're like, they, right here, they, buddy. This is where you're going to be. Basically, they did a mound meeting. They took the ball out of your hand. <clears throat> they sent you. I mean, the, it was the pitching coach, too. So, like, the pitching coach came out. You thought you were just getting a pep talk. And then, really, they were taking you out of the game. And you had to do the long walk back to the dugout, just getting heckled by the entire stadium. And the teacher didn't even bother to walk me. They had a teacher assistant waiting outside, like a that guidance counselor or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so like, is this going to be a one day thing or, you know, do I got to have one's term? They're like, no, you're done. <laughs> no, you're done. <laughs> you're finished yeah. up here, buddy. Madison Bumgarner, DFA, you're going home. <laughs> no yeah. more of this. They had the bus to Worcester just waiting outside the door. They're like, they can't board me. Yeah. I didn't even get to throw a pitch in eighth grade. I didn't even get mm-hmm. to throw one pitch. They told me to go back home. Mm-hmm. That's tough. It's all right. <clears throat> no, it's not all right. No, it's not. No. Um, substitute teacher Blyer goes one inning in that in that first game. Chris Martin come back clean eighth, and then Kenley. <clears throat> a little scary. Struck out the side though. Had the walk and the base hit, but did strike out the side to record three ninety eight. In the series opener, what he did to Kyle Schwarber on that second to last strikeout with the slider. Oh, my God. Schwarber Unfair. was sitting cutter thinking I'm about to friggin walk this thing off or yeah, walk it off. There are two guys on base. Never had a chance. No, not one. No, oh. Kyle had a rough series until Sunday. What did he strike out three times in that one? I think so. Let me check. Yeah. Oh, for five, three strikeouts. Hitting under 200. Oh, an awful defense in left field. Like, holy shit. Like, no. cannot catch a fly ball bad. No. They kept hitting the ball to him yesterday, too. <clears throat> there was like 30 balls put in play, and 29 went to Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> I will give Emmanuel Valdez some credit, too. He had an RBI single. 134 OPS coming into today. I think, as we saw with Delbeck, he is what he is. They're probably going to try to platoon him and Valdez like they did Arroyo. OPS plus? Yeah, OPS plus. Not bad. Not bad at all. A lot falling on his shoulders right now with Arroyo going down. I feel bad for Arroyo. I, people were coming for you in my mentions. What? About your argument at the, you know, remember we got into it during spring training about Arroyo's injury history? And you yeah, claim. This is his first like legit injury, though. No, it is not his first. Yes, legit. it is. He's had plenty of injuries. He got hit in the fucking hand. Like, that's not like oh, he's also like, had hamstring strains, a groin no, strain. No, yes. no, no. Do you remember? No. He legit tore his scrotum open against the Yankees. No. Yeah. No, he had COVID. He got hit in the hand twice. It did happen. Yeah, that's not in his control. And by the way, he. He hurt his hammy like weeks ago. That's where credit's deserved. It. Yeah. And like I had a talking big about hit. on the radio. Yeah, no, he fucking he's like he's like eight for his last 19 or 20, whatever it is. He's like 320 he's in his last 15 games. But it's even better than that, I want to say. Let me see. I'm gonna look this up. It like he's been hotter more recently, but I think I went 15 back and I had the average of 320. But game two, huge knock not to let that inning go to waste with two outs. Gives you two more runs at the time that you needed. Yeah, the last six games, he's in fucking 500 with a 1368 OPS. He's eight for 16. Two doubles, a homer, seven runs driven in in those six games in which the Red Sox were 6-0. and Suck my fucking balls. Anyone that has anything to say about Christian Royal, you can come fight me. I'll fight people over Christian Royal. Just really bad timing. Awful timing. But again, 
He tried to play through it, and he still hit 500 in that six-game span. He would like they were talking about it on the radio today. They were like, "Yeah, he would he would show up super early, go through hours of treatment just to get on the fucking field, and then after the game, he would get more treatment. He would stay like an hour after the game to get even more treatment. Like he was doing everything he could." Arroyo, and, I, and he said it during spring training, like. I'm trying to learn what I need to do to play through things. Like, I understand there's certain things I just have to get over and be on the field for. He gave you as much as he could. Like, he hasn't looked right at all. There wasn't even a day where you didn't notice it. And when he hit that last double, he was walking to second base. And this poor guy's been playing shortstop in second base at times. Yeah. With one leg. What inning? What, he, he tweaked it when he was scoring from second base. That's when he tweaked it. Um... But I mean, what are you going to do? It sucks. But again, like, you know, I. You you can't play through it if it's going to be a detrimental to the team. Like, I understand wanting to play through certain things. I understand that uh, if people are like, oh, you're injury prone, you want to like stay on the field and be a tough guy. Well, no, you don't have to do that. Like, there are other options, fortunately, like Valdez can go out there and, and, you know, obviously not the best defensive player that I've ever seen in my life, but he can fucking hit. It's been so, a minute since we had like a rough play from him overall. Like, has there been a since those first couple games in Baltimore? Well, he had it was at Fenway. Well, yeah, the, that was the stretch between that and the Baltimore series where it was just yeah. like happening all those games in a row when he first came back up. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's had many opportunities, though. Like he like even like Arroyo was replacing him defensively late in games, too. Yeah, but, you know, part of that, I think, was also platoon matchups. Trying to get that lefty at times, because I don't think with Valdez, I think that's why we see Dalbuck up right now. They don't love him against lefties. They they love him against righties. I think that's where we might see Dalbuck get some of his playing time until at least yeah. Arroyo's back. Yeah, how about fucking Rob Ref Snyder? So consistent. Yeah, steady Eddie out there. Drove in a couple runs. What was that, a two-run double on Saturday? Yep. And it wasn't even against a lefty. No, it wasn't. Oh, man. Wow. Look at that. You fucking Rob. People are talking about that, too. Like when Duvall, like who, who's going to be the uh, corresponding move for Duvall? I feel like that's a premature conversation to have. But like Rob's name came up and I was like, you know, Tapia creates so much havoc on the base paths. And he had that great catch today. Um, he can swing in a little bit. But every time he gets on base, it's it's like Ricky Henderson out there. If he's on first <laughs> base. He's getting to third. He just is. He's just swiping bags like a maniac. Um, and then you look at Rob and it's like, well, yeah, like Rob is very solid defensively and he's just, oh, you got a lefty going. There's ref Snyder and he's probably going to get two to three hits. And he's going to drive it a couple runs like this. He's just automatic. So that's going to be a difficult conversation because it's not going to be Duran. Like Duran had a quiet series against the Phillies. He had that big hit. What? Yesterday, Saturday. I think it was two days. I think it was the opener, right? Uh, yeah, it definitely was because Saturday I was tweeting out he's what or going into Saturday. He was third in the American League in doubles. Yeah, doubled. He already has 11 doubles. He doubled off Zach Wheeler. And I believe that was the inning that kind of that was like the rally inning. That was like the game winning inning. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, quiet series outside of that double on Friday, but it's not going to be Duran. I mean, he's he's been a maniac. And I'll tell you this right now, if Duran looks anything like this, he'll be playing every day. They are not going to mm-hmm. take away a young player's development like th- that's going to still take you know precedent here for them. 
if Duran looks like, you know, a guy who's hitting 280, 270, yeah, he's our future. They're not going to be riding him on the bench. He's not going to play a Tapia-like role. It won't be any of that. They're going to have to pick their spots here. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a trade at some point to kind of unclog things a little bit and say, hey, do you have... It's tough. You kind of go down the roster, right? Like, we're picturing a Trevor Story, like Aldelberto Mondesi. Like, could Arroyo be someone eventually that gets flipped once he gets healthy? Like, something is going to have to give in some of these parts. Like, even with the outfield we talked about, like, you add Duvall. Well, couldn't you rotate the outfielders at DH and then send Casas down if he's still not hitting? Well, if Casas looks like he has recently, he's not going down either. Mm. And you're not going to get... Yoshida needs to be in the lineup every day. Verdugo needs to be in the lineup every day. Yeah. So maybe, like, what are you going to tell Duvall? Hey, like, we're going to basically platoon you and Jaron Duran. Like, you'll hit lefties and Duran will play a majority of the time against righties. And Duran's playing elite defense right now. What are, are there numbers to back that up? So a lot of people have been waiting. Jaron Duran's baseball oh, savant he's, page. He's savant page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. It, it loaded up and, you know, everyone's waiting to see like, oh, is, you know, is he lucky? What is it? Everything is what you want. 89th percentile outs above average in center field. Mm. But everything else is red except K percentage is 37 percentile and 27th percentile walk percentage. He's always going to strike out a bit and he's never going to be a huge walks guy. But is he hitting everything fucking hard? Yes, he is. Chase rate, 81st percentile. So he's not going out of the zone either. Hmm. What you're looking for out of him. But it, it's so hard to get here because guess what? There's going to be injuries. Like It's not even worth going through the mental exercises in your head. Saying like, oh, what are you going to do when Duvall comes back? Who knows who's going to get hurt? Mm-hmm. Like, I love Tristan Casas. He has an injury history. Right? Like, we saw Yoshida dealt with something earlier in the year. Verdugo. Verdugo's been relatively healthy. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. He dealt with injuries last year that he played through. Maybe they this year the Red Sox foot. say, hey, you don't have to play through those things. Mm. Hope it doesn't happen, but getting so far into that conversation is just exhausting for me. Like, you're looking for things to worry about. I'm not, it's not that I'm worried, I, but I'm, I'm more in line with what you're saying is like, there's no point in me trying to. It's not, I'm not saying it to you ahead. either. It's like the yeah, Twitter no, people. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'd be lying if I said it, it hadn't crossed my mind. Like, what the fuck are they going to do when Duvall comes back or like Trevor Story comes back? Um, because right now, like Tapia, I know Arroyo just went on the IL, but I'll throw him in there. Um, Valdez, like all these like complimentary pieces, they're all performing well. All of them. All of them. And I think Cora's done an excellent job in rotating them in so that it's like, all right, yeah, Royo's Royo's hot. Like, let's get him in there. Like Valdez is hot too, but like let's get a Royo sometime and then bring Valdez back in. And you gotta get Rob Ref Snyder sometime. Like he's been doing a great job. And <clears throat> to the people, by the way. This is kind of jumping ahead to the the finale, but uh, the people that were coming at me today, which, by the way, I didn't even give a fucking take. All I tweeted was the Kyle, <coughs> the Kyle Schwarber home run. Oh, and I just and I just said Kyle Schwarber. I said Kyle from Waltham with a sad face and a bunch of the replies were like, stop defending Cora, like have a fucking set of nuts and say something bad about Cora. And I was like, bro, you need to understand like this is like this is like kind of where you get in with the have you watched a full season of baseball before 
you can make the right and you tweeted this. Yep. You can make the right decision and get the wrong result. That doesn't make the decision incorrect. Like Tanner Houck's numbers are what they are the third time through the order. Like, oh, well, you know, look at like his at bats against Schwarber all day. Like he was overmatched. All right. But he saw him twice. Now what happens when you see him for a third time? We don't know. I mean, like, now, now it's just like revisionist history. You're, it's hindsight's 2020. We don't know what Hauk versus Schwarber round three looks like. Maybe he does damage in that spot. Maybe he doesn't. But to the Red Sox and Heim Bloom's credit and, and the guys that are putting in these spots, the Red Sox have lefties that can get out righties and lefties. Like all their lefties. Like they do a good job of getting out both. And going to a lefty against Kyle Schwarber, who's hitting a buck 86 on the year. Like that's not the wrong decision. We, how many times, because it, people just want to complain no matter what, like if, if Tanner Houck goes out there and gives up the same home run to Kyle Schwarber, oh all the God. same people that complained about Blyer being out there would be like, look at the numbers of, of Tanner Houck the third time through the order. How does Alex Cora put him back out there? He put a lefty against the lefty because he had already seen Schwarber twice. How many times are you going to bitch about Tanner Houck seeing the lineup the third time and he gives up fucking six runs and then you're like, "How we have the numbers. We've had the numbers for two years. Okay, so then he goes to a lefty on lefty matchup and he, you know, the pitch was supposed to be in. It was out over the plate. Tip your cap to Schwarber. He hit a mistake pitch. That's all that was. It's not like Blyer hasn't been bad this year. Like that's not a guy that you you throw out there and you're like, Fuck! Here comes Blyer. Game's over. He's had blow <laughs> like, ups, but overall, I agree. The but fit's like, good. Even, like, has he even had blow ups though? Like that that like you're you're talking about the outing in Tampa. Yeah, like that's those the one that kind of like dinky bloopers. hits. Those were, it, yeah, no, no damage, no damage. And that's why you saw the people who were like, "Well, look at his stats this year against lefties. He's been horrendous." Cora said it in post game. He's like, "Well, a lot of that is fueled from that star in Tampa in Cleveland. It was a pesky pole homer." Well, I think Andre Semenes was the one who hit it out on him. So like, you're not going to flip out and cry. He entered today with a 5.52 ERA and a 3.91 FIP. That's what Richard Blyer is. He was brought here to get lefties out. You look for that pocket for him. It hasn't been great overall this year in that sense against lefties. That was a bad pitch. That was him getting hit hard. Like you said, sometimes you make the right decision. You push the right button and the wrong result happens. And look on the opener. They went to Richard Blyer in the seventh and he got the job done for you in a big spot where you really needed him. Didn't happen today, but there was a reason to both sides of it. Bryce Harper smoked a single off Hulk in that inning. Before he got pulled. I don't hate it. I think that's the Red Sox saying we have an off day tomorrow. Why not empty out our bullpen and do everything we can to win this game? Yeah, I mean, like people will say that about me no matter what, because they obviously know that there's a relationship with Alex. So. If you can I justify the move like it like from that, a baseball if, sense, if, you can justify it. If I disagreed with the decision, I would just say Oh man, I would have kept Hauk out there, but I I agreed with the decision. I I agree. I would have done the same thing if I were the manager of the Boston Red Sox. I'm putting a lefty reliever in that spot. I am. Well, like, and for the people, like that same crowd is the one that says, "Well, Kyle Schwarber should still be here. Like he should be that guy." Alex Cora is giving him that respect, even though he's had a tough start to the year. Saying, "I had that guy in my fucking dugout. I know he hit 46 bombs last year." I'm not disrespecting him just because he's having a bad start. I'm going to go here with his weakness and hope for the best. It's just Richard Blyer. You didn't get the job done today. 
That's yep. what it is. And you do get to the point where guess what? Brennan Bernardino is pretty fucking good. We like him. Well, Jolie Rodriguez, they're going to have him make five or six rehab outings down there. Then, yeah, maybe Dick Blyer gets kicked to the curb. Maybe that becomes a conversation. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely not like advocating for. No, but he's like, what he, he's, around, he's supposed to be a loogie. Like, go fill your role. Like, he was brought here to get lefties out. If he can't get lefties out, he's not going to be here. Right. But if you're saying, oh, God, well, look at his splits this year. I want Richard Blyer against a righty. Fuck off with that shit, man. That is. No one wants to watch Richard Blyer face a, a righty in this game. Nobody. Mm. In this case, it was a lefty, lefty. Play the matchup. You lost. It is what it yeah. is. You it won eight thing. in a row. Like things go your way and things go, don't go your way. That was like the first thing that hasn't gone away your way in over a week. Mm-hmm. Tip your cap. Have to. I mean, it's fucking Kyle Schwarber. Like you throw a mistake to that guy, he's going to hurt you. That's exactly what happened. Pitch was supposed to be inside. Leaked out over the plate. It's in the 15th row. And on top of that, it's not like the Phillies were already winning. The Red Sox scored one fucking run. Like, that's not what cost them the game. Offense just, it, it looked like a getaway day. Yeah. They just, they kind of looked like, yeah, we won this series. We have an off day tomorrow. We're not going to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And they sat Turner to start the day as well. So you didn't have yep. him in the lineup. Yep. Bites you somewhere in the ass. I'm okay with it. You got a man. It's like you said, have you ever watched a fucking baseball season before? Pick your days with a 38 year old DH who probably <laughs> needs some time off his feet. Played first yeah. base in the series. Has played a little more first base than he probably should have to because of Casas' struggles this year. Mm-hmm. Like you got to give him days. Not going to win every game. You know what else you got to give him? What? Blue moon. Ooh, great way to spend yeah. an off day. Mm-hmm. Jake, how many blue moons do you plan on having on this off day? At least a few, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a few blue moons on this off day. Um, tell the great people, Jake, about blue moon and how they should be spending their off day. Some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only blue moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together, and no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. I've been watching the Celtics game on mute for this entire podcast, and oh my god, am I excited for a blue moon after that loss. It's been a long weekend in the Boston-Philly rivalry with the Red Sox and Celtics both playing down in Philly. And I don't know if I would have got through it if it wasn't for these blue moons. Honestly, I'm just excited to get the fuck out of Philly, much like Tyler's Spanish teacher told him to get the fuck out of her class. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one of a kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one of a kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon. But you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian Style Wheat Ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly Blue Moon Brewing Company Golden Colorado Ale. Appreciate that, Jake. Um, I'm, uh, I'm excited about some, some off days, I guess, this, this week. Uh, what do you, what do you usually do on off days, Tyler? Honestly, like I'll throw a game on and kind of breathe, but I really do need them to detach a little bit. 
Like I'm an off day socks guy. Like I'm going to put a game on MLB network and catch it for a bit, but I'm going to bed early. I want to be asleep by nine, eight thirty PM. Wow. Cause right now, like dude, I'm getting like five hours regularly. If I can get a full night in the bank, I'm going to fucking take it. Mm-hmm. Especially right now where going into an off day, like we don't have any complaints. Like life is good for Red Sox fans right now. Like you won eight in a row. You won another series. You know, Bloom, nice win for Bloom against Dombrowski. Like, this has kind of really been the nicest, like, 10-day stretch the Red Sox have had in some time. I want to sit in that tomorrow. Because there's going to be times where we come on this podcast where we want to kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. That was basically all the last season outside of a month. Once we got to June 28th, it was kind of all downhill from there. That's it was when it went off the rails. So, like, I'm going to sit tomorrow. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do two days in a row. Wow. But yeah, I think I'm going to have a blue moon and I'm just going to enjoy the weather. That's all I want. Is it supposed to be nice out tomorrow? I don't know. I assume it was nice out today. Uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> it, looked, it felt good outside. You sound so defeated talking about the weather like that. It's hot. And as, as a bigger guy, when the heat starts coming, you're like, oh, God, we got to get it together here. It's supposed to be 80 tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to be puking the- multiple times tomorrow. 80 in rain, though. What the fuck? Eh. Or no, no, I lied about that. No, it's supposed to be seven. You're, you'll, you'll be fine. It's supposed to rain like overnight. It's supposed to rain like 10 p.m. into 4 a.m. But it's supposed to, it could reach 80. Damn. What does, you don't really have an off day, so it's kind of hard for you. No, I, uh, I never have a day off, ever. I think when it, the Red Sox are on the road on a weekend, that Saturday, is kind of my off day. Like I still have the game to watch and like tweet, but I don't have to be anywhere or do anything outside of watch the game. So like even on my day off, like I'm still like, like, no, I can't go to your fucking outdoor barbecue party. Like I, I still have to watch the game. So like an off day to me is kind of like, I don't have to like leave my house. What are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going to are you going to just sit there and live tweet kind of like you do whatever the big highlights of the day are? Well, tomorrow we have baseball's dead. So oh, I don't you got have, a full day. Yeah, I got baseball's dead tomorrow. Treat uh, yourself. You deserve something. I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can do that. Uh, and then like we're still working on the fucking house. So it's like, all right, if like the, the day if, if the Red Sox are off, like I'm still here while like people are fucking hammering and nailing and doing all kinds of shit like in the house. So it's never, it's never like a day of relaxation. Hey, uh, and then come Thursday, over to my place. All right, I'll come over, come over, come down to Thursday Brockton. is we know that that's a Red Sox off day, but we very much know that that's not a Jared off day. We've, we've got, we've got big plans for Thursday. Thursday's a big day for a lot of people. Thursday's a, you could say it's a huge day. I'm going to be hitting a landmark. Are you? I'm going to be turning 25. Thursday is your birthday? Yes. We talked about this. We did. You'd even remember. Bad. Bad look. I'm just kidding. I remember. Can't take it back. Jake. That's a joke. Jake, was it a joke? He was just joking around. I was just fucking kidding, dude. I was. Obviously, I remember your birthday. I already got you a cake. My brain's going to be fully developed soon. I I thought men's brains don't fully develop until like 35. No. Whoa. Oh, whoa. That is not okay. That is an all-time bad. Bad, bad. People are going to make fun of you for that. So you don't think your brain's fully developed? 
What age do men's brains twenty five develop? Uh, People in my life are telling me they expect something differently out of me moving forward. The rational part of a teen's brain isn't fully developed and won't be until twenty five or so. Uh, Jesus. You don't feel like a finished product? No. People's brains don't reach adulthood until 30. You're past that, too. By a good chunk, some would say. Men's brains mature at age 43. That's not a development, though. That's more of a mature. Well, that's what I said. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. There's still stuff happening in my brain, is what I'm saying. On Thursday, you're going to hear a different side of Tyler Milliken. That you're going to just be a finished product on yeah, Thursday? I'm going to be sharper. All my flaws, gone. What would you say are your biggest flaws? I got a lot. Like what? I don't know. In what sense? Like what, do you, what would you say is your, your biggest flaw? Like What would you change about yourself if you could? Hmm. I'm definitely a little antisocial sometimes. I think I could be better at that. I just More had like outgoing. A, an, an immediate flashback to you at the the watch party that we did. You just being shit face, hanging all over every <laughs> single. Person. All right, but when I got I, there, Tyler uh, Milliken. Hey, Tyler Milliken. I, I'm a little antisocial. Flashback to the party. Yeah, I fucking love this guy. Yeah, fuck yeah, Pat. Shots. <laughs> Pat was two shots, no, dude. No, yeah. you yeah. saw me when I got there. Though I was a little tight. Yeah, that's like that's different about just being nervous to meet new people. That's it. And I got a couple of drinks and I could loosen up. But I think overall, <laughs> yeah, I did. should be at more games with Jared Carabas. I should be I at mean, Fenway I've Park. Asked, every time I've asked you to come to a game, you're just literally like, fuck you. You don't even say no thank Whoa. you. You're like, fuck yourself. No, usually yes. it's a little tight and I, I kind of mm-hmm. have to figure it out or see what I can pull off. Yeah, but well, I you've think never you've never pulled it off. I will this upcoming time. I've made that promise to you. Just now? Right now. Okay. <laughs> well, you said I've made it. Isn't the fact that that was like a past tense promise? I told you last time when I said not, if it's not this time, the next time. I mean, I, Jake, what do you think the punishment should be the next time that I ask Tyler to come to a game and he says no? I think he just never gets the invite again. Yeah. Oh, that's mean. That's, that's, that's a pretty stiff punishment. Jesus. So never, what do you not want me there, ready? Jake? Well, you're like 0 for 10. Like you oh, yeah. all true. right. Let's not go mm-hmm. 0 for 10. I'd call it 0 for 5. 0 for 7. Spare me. Unfair. Yeah. I dropped a spare me on baseball hour on uh uh Friday. Did you kill yeah, McCarthy? Right. Um, I mean, he kind of fell in line a little bit. Like he was giving props to Heim Bloom. Mm. Uh, I think we aligned on a lot more than than we thought, or at least I thought we were going to. It was a very, it was a, it was a peaceful summit, I'll say, between myself, Matt McCarthy, uh, Tony Maz was there to to moderate, to be in between us, and um, we we brought up a really interesting point. Well, I mean, I guess I brought it up, and then I think Maz was like, we made this point on a previous show. About Connor Wong, who threw out another base runner. Two base runners today? Two base runners today. Threw out two more today. So that's eight out of his last 10? Yes. Connor Wong is throwing eight out of his last 10. And he's hitting like three something with like a whatever fucking OPS. What did, I'm going to look that up because now I'm curious. He entered today at 116 and he didn't have a hit today. 
Uh, he's going to be streaky, though. Like, at the plate, I'm telling you right now, I like Connor Wong, and I consider myself a Connor Wong guy, but there's going to be a week where he hits, like, three homers, four homers, and then there's going to be a week where he hits, like, 150. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to be Superman out there. 257 with a 772 OPS. Uh, but the comparison that we arrived on, it's not the it's not the best because we're talking about two wildly different players, but it's more it's more so about talking about catchers and their development. Uh, Connor Wong being they're about to turn 27. Yep. Connor Wong's birthday is uh, like two weeks from now, May 19th is his birthday. He'll be 27 years old. And we were talking about how Jason Veritek didn't play his first full season until he was 27. So some of these people are like, oh, you know, Connor Wong and, you know, he's not like a prospect anymore. He's almost 30. It's like, no, he'll he'll be 27, which is right around when Jason Veritek had his first full season as, as a starting catcher in the major leagues. And Wong got fucked by a COVID year. He was one of the yes, guys that unfortunately, you know, really needed that time. But you also throw in when it comes to like Connor Wong and all this different stuff, who is voiced about how special of a guy he is more than anyone. It's Jason Veritek for years, spring training after spring training, talking about the receiving skills and how he works with pitchers. We're seeing that he is elite defensively. There's no conversation about it anymore. I think he's second in defensive runs saved now amongst catchers. But to be that way and you still don't have a ton of major league service time. That's a huge win. You do not have to hit that much to be a catcher in this league for 10 years. It's like true. 220, 15 Jackson elite defense. You're better than a majority of starting catchers in the big leagues. I mean, even just like offensively speaking, how many elite hitters are there behind the play? Like Adley Rushman, um, Will we Smith. just saw one. Yeah, Will Smith, JT Real Muto. They just moved Wilson Sean Murphy Contreras to the fucking outfield. Sean Murphy. Uh, yeah, there's not a ton of guys that you're just like, oh yeah, this guy can can mash and he and he catches too. So if if you can hit and be a, an elite defensive catcher at the big league level, you're in the top twenty percent of the entire league. Yeah, the so. guy hit 15 homers in 81 games at AAA last year. That's a 30 home run pace over 162. Give me half of that. Yeah, and he's only going to get better as he gets more reps out there. Him and Pete Fotze have been working together a ton. So that's they're trying to figure out so he can take advantage of Fenway. We saw with Duvall who abused the monster early. That's what they want Wong and his swing to do. And he has a swing kind of made for Fenway Park as we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked about it a little bit or last episode. What do you mean? Because he had that that two homer game that would have been a three homer game if it wasn't for the green monster. He had the double off the wall that would have been a home run in 29 other ballparks. We lost you for a second. I got your point, though. But yeah, yeah, right. You know, he hits those liners. You only get two homers that day. But also the third homer wasn't a homer in a majority of other ballparks. So it evens itself out. All I'm saying, and I think we're seeing this right now with a lot of Heimblum related moves. This is why, you know, myself included, a lot of people were kind of saying, give him time. You got to let things develop here before you make a judgment on certain moves. If Alex Verdugo is this guy moving forward, if Connor Wong turns out to be this player, You'll never say you won the Mookie Betts trade. No one's ever saying that or that it was a draw, but it feels a lot better than it did when it was like average Al Verdugo, Jeter Downs failed you, and Connor Wong is maybe a backup catcher. If you get two starters out of that, you say, all right, on top of getting Price's contract out of here, not bad. Uh, Celtics lost. Sorry, Jake. No. Yeah, it's yeah, 2-2. It was brutal. 116 to 115 final in overtime. 
Um, let me ask you this. On May 7th, 2023, with the benefit of hindsight, how would you grade the Mookie Betts trade today? Um, oh, that's tough. Um, is it? Yeah, missing out on Jeter, da- Jeter Downs is a tough miss. It, it's still the right move. I think getting, getting three guys, two of which are unproven commodities and hitting on one and having the, the main piece blossom into what you hoped he would, like, that's pretty good. Yeah, now, but I, I do think it's fair to say, like, right, I'm, I'm not going to overreact to five weeks from, from Verdugo or five weeks from Wong. I need those guys to keep doing it. If they keep this pace, yeah, I'd, I'd break it. I'd call it a C minus, C minus C, like right in that area. No matter what, when you trade a guy in Mookie Betts, it, you're never going to feel good about it, right? Like you traded a generational player, um, but you had to. And I, I've never walked away from that take. It was still the right move. Missing on Jeter Downs is a tough blow because he did feel like such a safe prospect, but I still would take him and Wong over Bruce Dark Gratterall. Like if I had to make that deal today. Like Gratterall's not even fucking good. He's an average reliever. Like we're talking middle relief. Jeter Downs seemed like so safe. Everyone thought he was going to hit 270, 280 as a second baseman with 20 jacks, and you didn't even have to think about it. Turns out he becomes an elite defender at shortstop and then can't hit. You know, whatever. That's prospect development. But yeah, I think you could call it if they are these players, if Wong becomes a starting catcher. Yeah, it's like a, it's a solid C. Did he catch on with another org? Uh, Jeter Downs, yeah, he's with the Nationals. Mm. Is he at he the blows. big league level? Uh, for, he was for some period of time. I don't know if he still is. Yeah, I'm okay with missing on that one. It, it's, it's that deal in the contract of price means so much to that deal because they had to get under the luxury tax. Like he's they, played one game with the Nats this year, mm-hmm. and he's played eight games with their AAA affiliate. He said one, 154 yeah. with a 472 OPS. He, he's cooked. It's nice that he learned to play shortstop, but he absolutely learned to, or stopped learning how to hit. But you look at that, like the Andrew Benatendi t- trade, it's at least a B. Like if Josh Winkowski is an elite reliever, you don't think about that one much. Uh, the Jake Diekman trade, win. Renfro trade, that's a rough one. Uh, maybe David Hamilton, he's hit really well at AAA. I think at best he's a bench guy. We'll see. Um, but, you know, you, you won that Jake Diekman trade, so you kind of look at that one a little differently and say, all right, the Christian Vasquez trade. Look at Emmanuel Valdez. Like, if this is a guy that's going to stick at the big league level, and I put out another tweet today. I don't know if you saw it about Wilger Abreu. Mm-hmm. Dude, the Red Sox have another guy and like, this is why scouts were so excited about this deal when they made it. I know a lot of Red Sox fans weren't because they love Vasquez, but Wilger Abreu right now at AAA, 21 games, 303, 402, 474, 876 OPS, three homers, four doubles, 19 Ks to 14 walks. So he's really working walks. 126 weighted runs created plus. His first real taste at AAA too with great defense in the corners. He hits bombs too. Tanks. His swing reminds me of uh, Yasmani Grandal a little bit. Yeah. And, and like, that's where you get excited, though. Like this guy, the floor is pretty high. He works like great OBP skills. So I mean, he's yeah, going to get on base. He can hit for some power and he plays a great corner outfield. Yeah. Like, is there an update on Adam Duvall, by the way? I know that we kind of got away from that, but no, no, nothing significant at the moment. He just I think it's the cast is off and you're kind of waiting and seeing. Hmm. But. You know, if you get Wilger Abreu and Emmanuel Valdez's big leaguers for two months of Christian Vasquez, it's a win. He yeah. won the Kyle Schwarber trade, right? 
the Hansa Robles trade, you won. So you kind of look at Himes trade history and you say, all right, like, do you hold them on Jeffrey Springs? Some people do. It upsets me a little bit, a little bit. Like I, I'm not That's super... like an organizational thing than anything else. Yeah. Like for me, like I look at Heim in the front office. I'm like, oh, those are the nuggets you're supposed to find. But like everyone was so fine with that deal when it happened. Like you were like, oh, you're getting Ronaldo Hernandez and Nick Sogard. Like let's ride it out. Like Jeffrey Springs sucked in 2020, even though there were signs that he was going to be good. Did you think he was going to be a guy competing for fucking, you know, top of the rotation stuff and getting an extension? No. But also he blew out his elbow. He, he's having Tommy John. So I think you can look at Himes trade history and say, all right, it actually looks a lot better than it did even five months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Valdez can become, though. I hope they give him, you know, no offense to Delvic. I'd let him get some starts against lefties and see what happens just to play it out. You don't want Bob stop out there? Fuck no. What about nice at bat from him today. Mm, Jesus. And oh, and his development, you mean that 38% K rate at AAA? Mm. Spare me. Wow. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I appreciate Delvic for what he is, but man, like, you got to at least clean it up at AAA. How are you not cleaning it up down there? 38% of the time you're striking out? Maybe he's sad. Maybe he's sad because of all the stuff that you say about him. Guess what I'm going to tell him? I tell him after. What am I going to say? You're going to say, spare me and fuck off. No, grow up. Wow. 38% K percentage. And like Delbeck, he's walking down there, which is good. I think it's 14%. He should be attacking the baseball. You should be dominating that level at this point. For you to be, you know, good, above average, bad overall. Awesome. This is like you're trying to show you deserve a job in the big leagues. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Well, I'm going to start throwing the text out there. I think it's fair. Do you have any thoughts on uh, Zach Littell overall? I know, I know he joined the Red Sox. For people who don't know who he is, Awful last year with the Giants. Got into it with Gabe Kapler when he got pulled from the game. I think that's how most people remember him. Uh, but in 2021, it was a 292 ERA, 387 FIP, and 61 innings. Got off to um, a good start in AAA this year. 225 ERA in 12 innings, 16 Ks to two walks. Um, no, I just, I, I know why you like him is because he's notorious for pouting. Uh, I, I'm not he saying I, I, I no, wouldn't say is. I like him. No, he I, is. I wouldn't put that on my name. Uh, no, who he, he, that is a fact. He did pout. Now, there was a lot of pouting in that video of him walking off and Gabe a, Kapler wing gave it to ton, his ass. A ton of pouting. A ton. But 
I think it says something that the Red Sox did not give a fuck about Caleb Ort to the level where they recalled him and said, you know what? We're going to we're going to deal for this guy who had an upward mobility. Clause. Oh, you come I'm sit glad with you us. brought him up. I'm glad you brought him up, Caleb Ort. I'm glad you brought him up. Oh, what do he do in the series? Uh, saved a fucking life. Maybe. Oh, don't, 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 don't yeah, even. Uh, uh, here it is. First hand account. OK. Oh, no. This is a first-hand account. You're, gonna, you're about to feel like fucking shit. I'm not going to feel like shit. You piece of shit. All right, here's a DM. Did Ort help him? Here's a DM that I just got. You piece of shit. You got it right now this second? No, I had this. All right, continue. Um, guy in the Sox pen threw a ball, and the dude missed the catch. The ball got stuck on the ledge, and he reached over to grab it off the ledge, and his momentum made him do a full flip and face planted in the bullpen. Nobody realized he fell down and we had to yell for the Sox bullpen catcher to come over and they stopped the game. Philly's staff didn't see it or do anything until the Sox pen helped. Caleb Ort was one of the first guys helping him out. The fact that we're giving Caleb Ort points for this stuff at this point. Suck on it. He fucking saved a life, Tyler. I, I relate what did to he this do in that series? Nothing. Saved a life. He got to hang out with the team for a day. Saved a fucking life. I will not take the credit away from the medical professionals that were there and acting on the scene. But um, I relate to the dude that fell over. Embarrassing. Something I would do. Um, I yeah. That is definitely a move I'd pull. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy he's okay. But no, I'm not giving Caleb Ward any credit. I don't know that he's okay. I thought <laughs> I didn't see him. Is he good? I don't think he's dead, but I don't think he's good. Uh, he was responsive coming off the field. Was he? Yeah, he was talking. Uh, I don't see a thumbs up. No, no, he's good. I, I, that's, my, my, that's my favorite thing in sports. When, when they're getting gets, carted off? Yeah. When someone gets carted off and they're just like, <laughs> like just giving a thumbs up. That's if the, you're responsive and you know, you're there, he probably broke his leg or something. Like, right? But sounds like he broke his face until Caleb Ort fixed it. Not giving him that one. Well, you don't have to give it to him. He took it. He fucking took it. That was uh, I, I don't often throw this word around. Hero. He was a hero that day. Can we talk about the real heroes? Um, Matt Strom and Cutter Crawford. Yes. <laughs> so if you didn't see this before the game on Saturday. So this was this was some shysty this was some shysty behavior on Matt Strom's behalf. Actually, it didn't really matter because it was there it wasn't an eye for an eye at all. So Cutter Crawford is on the injured list and Matt Matt, Matt Strom knew that he was down that day. Like he he was unavailable to pitch. So if he had done this against someone that was on the active roster, then I would have felt some type of way. But Strom knew that he was down and obviously Cutter Crawford's on the injured list. So they have a good old fashioned uh, national anthem standoff. The most unplanned. famous one. Unplanned. Uh, Joe Kelly did one of these, I believe in the NLCS. No, you're right. Like Joe Kelly did one for the Cardinals in the NLCS like a psychopath. I want to say maybe he did one with the Red Sox too. I can't quite remember. These are my favorite. I mean, I, I love it because it's never overplayed. Like, it's not something that's like, all right, yeah, we get it. Like, you did the thing again. Like, no, we see it like once every two or three years. <clears throat> but 
Matt Strom and Cutter Crawford are doing a national anthem standoff. And in Matt Strom's words, they were just standing out there for the national anthem. Strom looked across and Crawford was still standing out there. And Crawford just kind of like gave him like a smirk. And Strom knew what that meant. He's like, all right, it's on. And Strom talked about his competitive nature. Uh, Bradford had the uh, the exclusive on like a little video that he tweeted. And he was like, all right, fine, we're, we're doing this. The umpires came out to like break it up. And Strom said, well, like he should have to move first. Like we're in Philly. Like, like this is my home field. Like he should have to move first. And then uh, they went over to like the video, I believe. Was it Phil Cuzzy? No, I don't think so. No. There was so, one umpire goes up to to Cutter Crawford, being like, "Hey, you got to uh, you got to keep it moving here." And and Core was, was sitting there too. Like Core is like right on his shoulder. Like yeah. like what what's going on here? What what are you mm-hmm. saying to Cutter? Like are you trying to like tell him like he's gonna get ejected or what? And Core is laughing. Like Core yeah. was into it, having fun too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he knows like that. Like that is uh, it's baseball. When you have a national anthem standoff. I would love to see the data on the team that wins that going on to win the game. Um, it's got to be out there somewhere. But Cutter Crawford technically got the W. Strom broke first. Cutter, they both got ejected. And I was not privy to this. But I guess if you get ejected when you're on the injured list, the fine is even steeper if you're on the injured list than if you're on the active roster. Why? So, I, that doesn't I make know. any sense. Like, if you're going to kick a guy who's know. just sitting in the dugout, like, why? Because he's not in the game. So, like, he has less of a, I don't know. you know, like, oh, you don't have to technically be here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, Chris Sale said, oh, that's steep fine. It's on the house. Chris Sale is picking up Cutter Crawford's uh, fine for not, for, for getting ejected while on the injured list. And Matt Strom was also ejected from the game but knew that he was down that day. So he said it was like an embarrassing moment. I was like, what is yeah. embarrassing about that? Like, it's fucking funny. Like, it's can like, you picture cares? like going though? And maybe your manager's like, did you have to do that? Like, you know, did, did you have to have that moment? Like, can't you just go sit down? I'm guessing that's what the conversation would be like. But like, he said only, only Strom and um, Thompson knew that he was down that day. Yeah, if he's unavailable, who fucking cares? And that's where you should be able to be like, all right, let the game breathe. This is funny. The fans are probably going to get into it. It'll go viral on social media. Like this is the stuff about baseball. When you talk about those weird quirks about the game, like this is one of them and you should let it happen. But good on Chris Sale. Hell of a teammate. I know obviously um, they went or They're both from Florida Gulf Coast University. So like there's that sales always took cutter under his uh, arm a little bit. So. Tough for Cutter. I feel bad for him that he got the fine, but at least it's paid for. Yeah, he's not going to pay for shit. Dude, he was smiling. He was having fun. And I don't know what it is about Cutter Crawford, but it doesn't seem like that dude fears anything. Like, no. you think a younger pitcher would be like, um, like, you know, am I, am I going a little too far? Like, start looking for help a little bit. Like, do I need to chill? Didn't give a fuck. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm a big Cutter Crawford guy. That'd be a fun interview. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll work on that. You know what pissed me off? piss you off the people who had an issue with masataka yoshida's love for bryce harper i didn't see any of that who's who's saying that the amount of people i got saying 
Yoshida's nine months younger than this guy. It's so weird that he's idolizing him like he's like this 19-year-old prospect that, uh, you know, top prospect that just got to the big leagues. And I'm just like, you people do not understand what Major League Baseball has looked like outside of America. Like in Japan, I go back to what Shohei Otani said during the WBC. When they were playing the U.S. in the championship, he goes, for this night, we don't look at them as like these stars. Like these aren't the guys. These aren't the guys that we all dream about trying to be in that spot and being like them. Tonight, we're all on the same level in this game. And that to me is like paints it perfectly about how they view, you know, guys like Yoshida who spent their careers in Japan, how they look at the MLB. It's the top of the top. These are the best players in the world. It's almost not like they're gods, but like they idolize them. Yoshida named his fucking dog after Bryce Harper. He has Bryce Harper in his Instagram handle. Like that's how much he looked up to him. Just seeing like, oh, that's a guy who is young. I watched his career grow uh, and he's playing at the highest level dominating. I want to be like that. I want to reach that. I want to come to the US one day. Can't you piece it together and connect the dots to why that's such a special moment for him? I can. Like. I, I don't know if it's just like idiots on Twitter, maybe that were saying this stuff, but it's like to see how excited and happy he was, man, like that's what it's about. It's like such like a childlike thing. So innocent, just being like, oh, my God, I get to play against my favorite player today. And Yoshida's fucking dominating. It's not like he showed up here and he's hitting 210 and can't do it. It's like, no, look at his fucking stats. I bet Bryce Harper's like, damn, I want to meet this guy. Like, Look at what he's doing right now. Not only that, but like. I think it was pretty cool that on the day uh, off that Yoshida had, Bryce homered, and like the camera went right to Yoshida and the dugout. Yeah. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's fair play." And, and by the way, by the way, Steve is a uh, is a huge cock because he keeps <laughs> calling him Yoshi, and everyone is like, "Bro, he wants to be called Masa." Seriously, he wants to be called Masa. The only reason why Steve calls him Yoshi is because he fucking has that like video of Yoshi hitting the home run graphic. I'm like, bro, he don't want to be called Yoshi. Ask but, kindly not to be called Yoshi. Yeah, he was like, please, my nickname is Masa. We like, got options. You could call him Macho Man. Macho like, Man. One more. He, he, that's not the lean he wanted to go down, and I don't blame him. What but, is his walk-up song? Uh, f- something Flowrider. For real? Yeah, so he didn't want to bring Macho Man over for whatever reason, so he picked a Flowrider song. Hold on. Let me look it up. That was his walk-up song in Japan, though, obviously? He, you, yeah, for the most part, I think hmm. "Good Feeling" is his walk-up song right now. Okay, but I feel like there, there's got to be like they have to like they have to play the Macho Man song like when he homers or something. Like if if, if like the walk-up song, that's obviously the player's choice, but they don't have a, they don't have a say in like what the song is when he hits a home run. Yeah, so this is from April. Yoshida switched between Macho Man and "Good Feeling" while he was in Japan. Like those were his walk-up songs. So far, it's just been good feeling. Maybe he switches during the summer. Maybe he maybe he didn't want to have the Macho Man song while he was scuffling in April. And then when he when he gets to a point of production where he feels comfortable, then he'll switch it back. Don't hate it. Yeah. Shout out to, of- yeah. Shout out to Bryce Harper for being a class act, too, though. Two bats, one from the NLCS and cleats. Could have just shook the dude's hand and said, hey, nice meeting you. One of the classiest dudes in this sport. I love Bryce Harper. It's my guy. Close personal friend, Bryce Harper. Very jealous. I haven't talked to him. <clears throat> I haven't talked to him since uh, the World Series. But do, do the Phillies come here? Uh, I don't think so, no. 
think no. that's it for Red Sox Phillies this year. Damn. That would have been cool. But either way. Any other thoughts on the series? Um, Let me see. Let me see. What do you think of Tanner Houck today? Did he show you anything that said this guy deserves to be in the rotation still or did he change your mind? No, I've, I've always been a, a proponent of Tanner Houck being in the rotation. I think he's not one of those guys that I feel super passionately about either way because I know that he can do both roles really well. Um, but I, I, you know, going back to spring training when he, he was ass, I was like, yeah, but like this is spring training. Like he could be working on shit. Like, let's just see what it looks like during the season. And five and two thirds, five hits, three earned, four strikeouts, one walk, no homers. Like, yeah, like that's that's like the five. Like some of these ERAs just confuses me. Like uh, he's got like a five twenty six. If you were to ask me, I guess because that that the six earned against Toronto in the one inning uh, last week, like didn't help. But some of these guys are going out there and the what you're seeing looks a lot better than what their ERAs would tell you. And Houck's FIP is like lower fours. Like I want to say four, three, four, four going into today. I don't know what it is after this start, but for those that are very eh about, you know, Tanner Houck and whether he can work deep into a game or not. One of the big things I've noticed recently when he's come back out after a tough inning, he's got the job done. Mm-hmm. And Cora seemed very proud of that. I don't know. I, I just I don't know what to expect with the rotation going into this week. Usually I feel like I got a good pulse on this kind of stuff, but I don't know. I they are keeping it very close to the vest, and I wonder if they weren't even sure what they were going to do, depending on how Hulk looked today. Mm. Um Is it that well, time? I think it might be that time. Hmm. Do we have everything in? Uh we're waiting on Cora and Lou. Okay. Wow. Those are big ones. Mm-hmm. You want to go through some stats? Because, we, oh, we got to call Coley. I got to call Coley. Okay. I'm surprised he hasn't. Oh, he's a, in an like, awful mood, Jared. Oh, the Celtics? Yeah. He, it, he tweeted at halftime, like, I'll be shocked if they lose this game. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know if we're going to get an answer. Oh, no. Jake, do we have any reports on Coley on the timeline? I saw that halftime tweet too. I haven't seen anything, but he can't be doing great. Oh. <laughs> I mean, at least the series is tied. Could be worse, right? Right? Oh, Jared. What? Am I wrong? I think where the pain comes in is the Celtics should not be tied. It should not be 2-2 with this team. Not if you're a true finals contender. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. Especially considering Embiid didn't play game one. Mm-hmm. Let's call Coley. Okay. <laughs> he just he doesn't answer. There's a chance. Mm. He might be that sad. Please. Your call has wow. been forwarded. He's that sad. This is bad. This is bad. It's real bad. I hate <laughs> seeing my guy like this. 
Um, there's been a lot of commotion on the Section 10 Reddit about the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP and how pitchers never win. Well, that's because a lot of the series that the Red Sox have won um, have been sweeps. So if it's a sweep, then you're going to get more offense. Like, like if you play three games. Um, but like with our voting policy, it's very hard for a starting pitcher to win it. No, nah, that's not true. Because if if you win a series two games to three, then more pitchers come into play because it's like, all right, you wouldn't have won the series if so-and-so didn't step up in this game or whatever. But one of our main grading criteria is how many games did you impact? Like if we were to do the math, the all-time Clark's catch-up MVP list, it heavily skews towards the position players. Yeah, it, de- it definitely heavily skews. I think we need something. I, I don't know what we're going to call it, but there deserves to be a pitcher of the series acknowledgement. You're going to have to talk to Clark. Can they get a tomato? Suck on it. Okay. Okay. Coley has texted in his vote. He said he's feeding his kids. Convenient. Very concerning that we haven't heard from Alex Cora yet. Very concerning. Is he on? Are they on the plane right now? Probably. Maybe he's taking a nap. He had a hard day. Probably beating himself up a little bit. Mm. I would I would hate I would hate to have this vote not include my manager's vote, but can we uh reset? Because we had a little bit new a little bit of news on the panel while we were gone between this episode and the last. You got a confirmation, right? Yeah, he voted. Kevin Euclid is on the panel. Kevin Euclid is on the panel and his vote has been submitted. So if we're not going to call Coley, I think we need to go through the stats ourselves. Okay. In this series. Uh, see, this one's difficult because they, they kind of. They gave days off. Like usually like I'll go. I'll go with like who played three games. But there were only six guys who played in all three games. That would be Devers, Kike, Tapia, Verdugo, Duran, and Turner, who went hitless in this series. Hitless. And then you can look at someone like a Kenley Jansen who pitched in both wins. Mm Closed the door on both wins. I'll let you know that Kenley has votes. Oh, interesting. Continue. Um, So if you expand it to... Two games. Batting average leaders, Christian Arroyo hit 400 in the series. Albeit in five plate appearances, but he did play in two games. Uh, Emmanuel Valdez also hit 400. Also had five plate appearances. Uh, Masataki Yoshida hit 375. He did extend the hitting streak to 16 games. He did set out on Saturday. Uh, Rafael Devers hit 364, played in all three games. Uh, then, tough defensive series. Yeah, yeah. Especially today, that play that uh, he could have had a play at the plate and had to take the out at third. Um, OPS leaders for the series: Tristan Casas, thirteen thirty-three, but he only played in two games. Christian Arroyo, a thousand OPS, but he only played in two games. Rafael Devers, eight seventy-one, 
Masataki Yoshida, 819. So, and then you can go to the counting stats here. The leader in hits, Devers, four. Doubles. Brutal. Kike, one. Arroyo, one. Devers, one. Verdugo, one. Duran, one. Homers. Casas, one. No one else homered. But, like, this is what you were saying. Like, especially the second game of the series, it was the bench guys stepping up. It was the Ref Snyders. It was the Arroyos. Reese McGuire had an RBI. Extra base hits. Kike, one. Arroyo, one. Devers, one. Verdugo, one. Duran, one. Casas, one. Total bases. Devers, five. Kike, four. Casas, four. Arroyo, three. I already know who I'm voting for. Is it that easy for you? Yeah. Are you agreeing with what some of the votes are? Yes. You're going to give it to Kenley? I'm voting for Kenley Jansen. That's, my fir- that's the first vote cast is Kenley Jansen. Who's your runner-up? Devers? <sighs> um, Most likely. And my question would be... But he didn't have... like I, I feel like the bar has been set so high for offense MVP. And like Devers didn't really meet the bar. We, he started off the offense in game one. He scored your mm-hmm. first one on an RBI single. And then what? He had a two-run double in game two. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I mean, Kenley getting two saves in the two games. My vote is for Kenley Jansen. One away and from wh- 400. And while you think about it, uh, Coley voted for Rymel Tapia. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kevin Euclid voted for Kenley Jansen. Will Fleming voted for Kenley Jansen. Tom Karen voted for Cutter Crawford. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Uh, and then we still got nothing from Cora and Lou. Um, yeah. So Ugh. I want to give Devers more consideration because I do feel like he sure. was the guy kind of starting things for the offense in the series overall. But that defensive play today for Hauk, like he should have been out of that inning probably with just one run. Uh, tough play. Made a nice play in the second game, but I think he had an error in the first game. I know what Devers, the errors come in bunches. He needs to clean it up. He need to be better in that sense. And he's been really good defensively overall, so I expect more from him. And I wouldn't say Devers is scorching at this point, so... For Jansen, especially that first game, coming off the back injury to be the guy who steps up too, that's big. And then seal the deal in game two. I think I'm going to give it to Kenley, and I think it's a nice recognition of the stability he brings to the end of those games because last year, I feel like they blow that first game every single time. Mm-hmm. Jake? Yeah, I also got Kenley. Um, yeah. And to Jared's point, like when you... When you only win two out of three and it's not a sweep, pitching just comes into play so much more for Clark's catch-up, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, you just had a direct impact in both wins, so go on, Kenley. So that means that means that Cora and Lou's votes don't really matter. Like, someone else can't win. How many we, votes does Kenley have? Me? Did you Wait, who'd you vote for, Tyler? Kenley. Oh, so yeah, he can't lose. No, we uh, have six votes for him right now. Your Clark's Ketchup Series MVP, Kenley Jansen. <laughs> Kenley Jansen. A pitcher. A pitcher, Section 10 Reddit. A reliever. A relief pitcher. Kenley Jansen, your Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. 
After all that pissing, all that moaning, it's not impossible. I just, you know, in a series sweep, it's hard, and they've just been sweeping teams. You know what I think is needed? Do we should we check in on where Kenley's stats are right now for the year? Please. Ten and two thirds this year. He has eight saves out of nine attempts, zero eighty-four ERA, the FIP, one twenty-one. So he as dominant as he has been just in terms of the ERA. Everything behind all the metrics point to it being that great as well. 13.5K per nine, 2.5 walk per nine, no homers. As locked down as locked down can get, props to Heimblum. You have to tip your cap. You do. Thank you, Heim. Thank you, Heim. Thank you, Heimblum. You know what? Let me ask him who the fucking MVP should be to. I feel like this makes him uncomfortable. No. No. I do way worse with Heim that makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I do want to throw a really solid packet to Chris Sale as well. If I'm throwing a packet to Devers, I'm giving a big one to Sale for setting the tone for this series. Mm. I do too. Any other packets? Devers? Yeah, Devers obviously deserves one. I'll give one to Tristan Casas, who I think continues to look better at the plate. Hit a homer today. Everyone thought that sack fly was going to be a grand slam when it came off the bat. Uh, I'll give a packet to Kluber. He got the job done. He was good enough. Packet to how got the job done. Your rotation didn't kill you in this series. Arroyo <laughs> definitely deserves a packet. Yeah, before the injury, obviously. Two he- hits, a double Drove in two runs and scored two runs. Ref Snyder. Yep. Got to give him one. Outside of that. Kike. He had a double RBI. No, no, no. no. Now you're just now you're just giving a packet Mm. to anyone who has a fucking hit. That's I'm sorry. You're right. I'm going too far. Trying the sanctity of the packet. job. Good job to oh. everyone who got a packet. And what? Cutter. Thank you. <laughs> Caleb Ort. Caleb Ort saved a life. Killed many lives, but saved one this time. Thank you. If you think about it, Caleb Ort has definitely killed more people than he's saved based on some of his outings in the big leagues. No, he hasn't. Oh, I who's he killed? I don't want to say the number. I don't want to put that on his conscience. But what he did in Baltimore, many people died that night. Many babies. Red Sox, Red Sox won the game. They did. Stuff happened before that last pitch was thrown. Baseball season's rolling. It's the best time of the year, and there are games all day, every day. And when I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to the Xfinity 10G network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra-low lag, so you and everyone that you know can stream every single game 
at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Um, I will. Uh, I'll keep Jake updated on the votes if we get them late so that they can at least go on the graphic. If we don't get them by the end of the podcast, uh, we will. From the name redacted Instagram and Twitter account, we usually put out a graphic with everyone vote everyone's votes on it. If you're curious who uh, Lou and AC went with, um, we will keep you updated on that. If we don't get votes, we should do what we were going to do last week, where we put like a Hideki Okajima for them and just see how people react. Well, I mean, Cora did vote for Hideki Okajima. That's not what my results said. What did it say? I saw a Japanese flag. Yeah. Does that just mean Hideki Hojima? Mm-hmm. My bad. Duh. It's a two-game series. Oh, wait. Stop a Chop Look Ahead brought to you by Stop a Chop. Head on down to Stop a Chop. Use the promo code Section 10 to get 10%, not 10%, 10 cents off each one of your tangerines uh, when you buy up to five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Chop using the Promo code section 10 has to be in store. You can't buy the tangerines online. It's a two game series. Enjoy your off day on Monday. Hopefully you're listening to the podcast, enjoying the nice weather somewhere, not having to stress about baseball on this Monday. Uh, But it's a two game series against the Atlanta Braves. Very good baseball team. I should add 23 and 11 on the year. You're going to get Nick Pavetta versus Chuck Morton on TBS. Sneaky big Nick Pavetta start. Huge. Some would say the biggest of his career. Then in the finale, quick little two-game set with the off day on Thursday, you were going to get Brian Bayo versus Max Freed. Back-to-back 720 starts. 720. Uh, Charlie Morton's 39 fucking years old. He is 33. No, he's 3-3 three and three with a 338 ERA, a 144 whip, and an 8.3 strikeouts per nine. Uh, he's completed five innings in every start this year. And he's pitched into the sixth in five out of six of his starts. He has only allowed more than three earned runs once all year, four in his last start. Strikeouts are higher uh, than his strikeouts per nine would suggest. He's only had one in, he only had one strikeout in his season debut, but he's had five plus in every start since. Uh, Season high is nine and seven innings of one run ball against the Marlins. He's throwing 45% curveballs this year, which is a career high holding hitters to a 150 batting average, 217 slug, and a 34% whiff rate against it. Uh, still throws 95. He's throwing harder in 2023 than he was in 2008, which is pretty wild. Uh, his savant percentiles, and all uh, they're all very average, sitting mostly in the 20 to 50th percentile in every category, except for his curveball spin, which is the 96th percentile. The Braves are 3-3 three and three in the games that he has started this year. They have alternated wins and losses in his games. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So he's due for a W. Red Sox hitters, 283, 341, 469. That's an 810 OPS. Seven doubles, uh, triple four homers. Verdugo, three for seven with two doubles, a walk, and a 1214 OPS. JT and Duran both have the home runs. Then you've got Max Fried, the lefty, two and one with a 208 ERA. That actually, his ERA was like a half run before his last start against Baltimore. He got touched up a little bit. Uh, 
208 ERA, a 108 whip, and an 8.7 strikeouts per nine. He's having the best season of his career so far. He's only allowed six earned runs all year. He's only walked six people all season. Uh, 215 ERA plus is the best of his career. His strikeouts per nine is the best since 2019. Um, side note, he went undefeated in 2020. That doesn't get talked about enough. In his first four starts of the year, he allowed one run on 14 hits and 20 innings pitch. But his last start, as I just mentioned, against the Baltimore Orioles, six innings, eight hits, seven runs, five earned, two walks, seven strikeouts, gave up two bombs. Uh, the two bombs that he allowed were the only two that he has given up all year. He is 90th percentile or better in average exit velocity, expected slug, hard hit rate, and expected ERA. He has only allowed five extra base hits this season of his four main pitches, four seam, curve, change, slider. The highest expected batting he is giving up is 234. Uh, The other three are all below 170. Despite how amazing he's been, the Braves three and two in his starts this year. Red Sox hitters, look at this. Red Sox hitters are hitting 420 with a 442 on base, 860 slug. That's a 1302 OPS uh, against Max Freed. Seven doubles, five homers, uh, one walk, 13 strikeouts, and 52 plate appearances. Um, So here's the kicker. Four out of the five home runs were hit by Adam Duvall and Trevor Story. So that doesn't really help us here. Alex Verdugo, though, four for four with three doubles against Max Freed. So, then you get Nick Pavetta, 2-2, two and two, 499 ERA, 130 whip, and a 10 strikeouts per nine. The thing about Pavetta is you pretty much know what you're going to get from him. Five to six innings pitch, five to seven hits allowed, three to six earned runs, five to seven Ks. Uh, that's pretty much the prototypical Nick Pavetta start. He's allowed home runs in five out of six starts this year, including four straight. He gives up Rockets 7th percentile, but somehow only has a 268 BABIP this year. Not great, but uh, the Red Sox are 3-3 three and three in his starts. The Braves hitters, 233, 277, 483, 760 OPS against him. Couple doubles, couple triples, eight homers in, in 130 plate appearances. This obviously goes back to his Philly days. Uh, Ozzy Albies, 5 for 26 with a triple, six strikeouts. That's a 454 OPS. Ronald Acuna Jr., Five for 23 with a double, three walks, eight strikeouts, a 569 OPS. Then you got Brian Bale, one and one, a 571 ERA, a 173 whip, and a 9.9 strikeouts per nine. Uh, He has a 368 ERA in his last three starts, and he's had some bad luck with fielding. Um, He's allowed a couple unearned runs. His 50% whiff rate on his changeup is elite, but he needs to start missing bats with his sinker. Only a 7% whiff rate on his most used pitch is not ideal. The Red Sox are 3-1 when Bayo takes the mound, and he has never faced any batter on the Braves in his career. Prediction time. Um, Tyler, why don't you go first? Yeah, sneaky, stressful series here because if you show up and you lose two in a row, you're going to be going into another off day on a three-game losing streak. So, like, it, it can kind of fall on you quick after winning eight in a row and you start to freak out or stress. Um, I think both Nick Pavetta and Brian Bayo major starts. If Bayo gets roughed up, I think there's a conversation whether they go the same route they did before and they option him to kind of make this all work. 
And or does Pavetta go out there and look like garbage and kind of they say, all right, we've seen enough. Like, go enjoy the bullpen. I don't love the idea of this lineup with all their lefties having to face Max Freed when you talk about someone like Christian Arroyo. No longer on the lineup has had a nice moment in Atlanta. We all remember the Euro step at third base and all that. Um, so I'm a little nervous there about facing him. Don't want to depend on that game. So I'm going to go split. I think they find a way to take that first game with the fresh bullpen and the lineups after a cold day today show up. But definitely nervous. Scary. I think it's going to be a very stressful two games for the Boston Red Sox. Mm. Jake, how do you feel about this series? I think the Sox went on Tuesday night and then the Sox went on Wednesday night to sweep. So you got the sweep? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do you think they're going to be close games? Uh, I'll say one blowout, one close one. Okay. Um, hmm. Pavetta and Bayo. Doesn't it feel like this is like Pavetta when he faces elite lineups? It usually doesn't go well, but he got by against Toronto. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, great against Toronto. A lot of hard contact. I don't know if the wind will be blowing in like it was that night. And then the Red Sox do well against good pitching, too. It's true. They, they show up. But I, I do worry a little bit lefty on lefty. Three things those guys all Verdugo's have in common. Four for four, three doubles against Max Fried. Of course. This is the rest of the lineup, though. We're going we're gonna to be talking probably Bobby Dubbix in the lineup. I mean, the Red Sox have to be the most experienced lefty team in the league. They just only see lefties. Yes. It, Rob Center will be in the lineup. And he just delivers. True. Uh, I don't know. I think that is a little bit of a tough matchup for them overall based on how lefty heavy they are right now. The Red Sox against lefties are basically a middle of the pack offense. They are they are 14th in batting average and OPS. 746 OPS against left-handed pitching this year. The Rays are cheating. <laughs> like it's unfair. They're just fucking good at everything. Like Joey had the stat today. He like listed all the things that they're first in Major League Baseball in. And like I just looked at like uh teams against left-handed pitching this year. They're hitting 311 with a 943 OPS as a team against left-handed pitching this year. Both obviously lead Major League Baseball. It makes you want to die, but you know, people, someone was mad that I was happy that the Yankees lost and I was like celebrating it. They're like, Well, the Rays gained a game on you. It's their division. They yeah. won the division already. So Enjoy it. Have fun. I don't even think about the Rays. They don't exist no. to me. No, it's all about getting in. Like, trust me, if you're a Red Sox fan, you ain't thinking about winning the fucking division. You're nope. happy to be in the conversation to make the playoffs. And a team that's supposed to be in the conversation that's shitting the bed while dealing with injuries, the Yankees, we focus on them. Yeah, I mean, like, with the Yankees, I... um I just want to see them lose. Like, I want to bury them. Because that's going to be the team along with the Blue Jays. Like, if you're fighting for that wild card spot, Houston dealt a massive blow. Luis Garcia going on the IL. Tommy John. Seattle, another team, dealt a massive blow with Robbie Ray needing Tommy John. You kind of got to sit here and say, well, it's most likely going to come down to who's in this division right now. The Orioles are good, and they're going to get John Means back this summer. We have a vote from our manager. Is he on pace with us? Kenley Jansen, another vote. 
Another vote from our manager, Alex Gore. Was that seven votes, Kenley? Yep. I mean, listen, we got our votes in before the manager's vote, and he was on pace with that. Um, that just, you know, reaffirms that we know ball. We know ball. Except for that one time that everyone went left and, and Alex went right with the Connor Wong vote. Which, he was ahead of his time. Yeah. It was just funny to think about. Now that, that only leaves Lou. I, I'm shocked that Lou wasn't just waiting by his phone to submit a vote. Did he call the game? Was he on radio today? Uh, no. I did, when I was in the car, I heard just Will. Can we take anything from his Twitter timeline? Yeah, maybe he's taking a nap. I feel like Lou's very expressive, though, when he's impressed by stuff. Maybe he's basically tweeted out that it should be Kenley. Maybe. <laughs> like, Lou oh, is... Uh, here we go. But Jansen is so good. Gets in a little trouble, but he's been there before. Someone with less experience would let that get away from him. Sox guy. That feels like a Kenley Jansen vote to me. It, it, yeah, it does. I feel like it. it is. I'll take it. Vote for Kenley. Um, my prediction? Hmm. I'm really struggling to, to not go sweep here. Which it's way? Like, like I, 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 think, I think it's between a sweep and a split. I don't think they're going to lose well, both. It's the only thing that can happen. I don't, I don't think they're going to lose both. But, I mean, I really liked how Pavetta pitched against Toronto. I do think that they can get to Charlie Morton. And, I mean, wouldn't you say, like, if, if take all this conversation out of it. If I were to ask you, in terms of, like, American League lineups, who are the Red Sox most comparable to? Who would you say? Like on the same level as? Yeah. Uh, amongst the best in the American League, I'd probably say, yeah, like a team like the Blue Jays or, you know, upper, or like I, the Orioles, maybe. Yeah. Like the Orioles there. I put those all in that same category. Throttled Max Freed. Yeah, it's true. So that's why I'm like, but they uh, kill lefties. That, that's a team that dominates lefties. Look at what they did to Chris Sale. Yeah, but they were cheating. Fair. They have an 815 OPS against lefties. And, and that they're, should make you feel bad. worse because what are the chances of two bad Max Freed starts in a row? Mm. Not likely. Yeah. It's not likely. No, you're right. It's definitely not likely. Charlie Morton's FIPS in the fours. Yeah. In terms of runs per game, the Red Sox are 578, the Orioles 547. I don't know. You know what? <sighs> Join me. Join you? They're going to win the first game and they're going to lose the second game. How's the Braves bullpen this year? AJ Minter's closing out games for them, right? Yeah. Right now, due to injuries. Uh, didn't Iglesias just come back? Oh, did he just come back? Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Not that I'm sitting here trembling at the thought of Rosilla Iglesias, but not not in this climate. Yeah, we got one. He's one appearance. Still maybe shaking the rust off a little bit. They're middle of the pack. 
They're good, but they're middle of the pack. I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to roll the dice. What does that mean? You know how I make major life decisions? How? I look up Magic 8-Ball online, and then I do it three times, and then whatever is two out of three I take. All right, let me do that. You like that idea? What's the website called? Just type in Magic 8-Ball online. Okay. This is like, I've made some huge decisions like this. Magic 8-Ball online yep you want the mat the original one the first one yeah original magic eight ball okay and then shape Type your question here will the red Sox sweep the braves question mark shake eight ball it says don't count on it but i'm Ooh. going with the sweep anyway <laughs> I'm going with the sweep anyway. Fuck your magic eight ball. Fuck you. Hashtag fuck your magic eight ball. It is a two game sweep of the Atlanta Braves at the hands of the Boston Red Sox. Two games, two victories, two off days to celebrate them preemptively and post. Ballsy. I don't know yep. if you believe that, but I will. I believe the, it. I'll let the disrespect of the Magic Eight Ball go because there's a lot of people who make life decisions with it. Well, guess what? I, I don't, I, I don't believe what the Magic Eight Ball had to say on this particular issue. Well, it's magic, and you aren't. You don't know that. You don't have powers. You don't even. All right, you have some powers, but you're not as good as the Magic Eight Ball. I don't know. We'll I wouldn't be here without the Magic 8 Ball. You wouldn't be here without my powers either. That hell of a take. All right. <laughs> you, you take the W. I'm done with this. <laughs> well, <clears throat> looks like it's going to be a sweep. It's just me and Jake against the world. I hope you're right. I don't have the balls. Well, it's, uh, it's a series to pay attention to. It was a great series between the Braves and Orioles, too. That was kind of a dogfight. That, that's probably the barometer, and the Braves won the series. Yeah, the and I, that's where you should kind of figure out. You do it over two games. Hopefully, you can scratch one out. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts? Is that it, right? Yeah, that's it. I think so. If you see me around Brockton in the coming days, stop, say hello, check if I'm okay, if I need water. Tell Just, Tyler to take his shirt off if you see him running. I'll around. take it off. If someone comes up to me, I will take my shirt off and start running. Okay. You ever seen those Tim Tebow pictures of him running in the rain? Yep. That's Tim what Tebow. it looks like. Yep. I'm rooting for you. Say thank you. No, because I know <laughs> you don't mean it. I, I do. I want Fuck you to you. look like Tim Tebow. I want you to look like Tim Tebow. I am Tim Tebow. You are Tim Tebow. You got this. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jake's takes. I just did the magic eight ball for Will Tyler come to the next Red Sox game. Jared invites him to. And it said outlook. Not so good. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Fuck you. you suck on it. Damn, dude. It's brutal. <clears throat> I believe the eight ball on that one. Of course you do. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, 
We have history. I just asked, does Caleb Orr and Bobby Delbuck absolutely blow at baseball? It said, obviously. Well, that's not like a, you can't predict that, that you're asking for its opinion. Uh, you don't know that's how a magic eight ball works. Me, Shut up. Me. That's not how an eight ball works. It's not how an eight ball works. <clears throat> Everyone enjoy your off day. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday to drop on Thursday. And then Thursday, it's a, it might be a pretty big content day for us. Ooh. So enjoy it. Enjoy the double off day. And uh, we'll be back with more Name Redacted podcasts in, in just a few moments. Buenas noches, amigos.